0: I welcome everyone to I So Appreciate You, an honest, raw, and sometimes funny podcast about work, community, life, and all the other stuff we juggle.
1: Hi, I'm Puhua. And I'm Nadege, and we're colleagues at the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation. In addition to that, we're friends. And so when we talk, our conversations can run the gamut. We can start talking about board meetings and governance procedures. We can get into mother-daughter dynamics, and then we can be like, where are we going to dinner tonight?
0: Uh I prefer that conversation. And so we thought that maybe some of you would like to join us in conversation. So here we are with I so appreciate you. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are talking about aging. Today, we'll be joined by Philomena Morrissey Sater, Director of Diversity and Inclusion and Strategic Partnerships at Lando Lakes. So I'm really excited to have her on a bit.
1: How are you doing today? I'm okay today. How about you? Not bad, pretty good. But you know, I was getting ready for the episode, doing right. a little research, okay. and I found this quote, mm-hmm. and I don't love it. So I'm about to share it with you, so you cannot love it with me. <laughs> All right, okay, ready? Okay, okay. As women show visible signs of aging, they are viewed as less competent and less marketable. You're right. I don't love it. I mean, what? That doesn't make any sense. It absolutely like doesn't make any sense. And I hate it. And then at the same time, I started thinking about, like, what I do in my life. And I thought, uh uh-oh, I might actually be, like, living out this quote. Like, I might actually be doing things to make myself seem more youthful, maybe for this reason. I don't know. Do you do anything you think might be kind of relevant to this quote? I can't say I don't do anything. We're going to tell everyone right okay, now. What, what do secrets? I do?
0: What do I do to stave off aging is what you're asking yeah. me? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Now the whole world's going to know. Yep. I, I color my hair. <gasps> what? Grays are coming in, but I'm, I'm just not ready for <laughs> it. And until I can have like a full head of like silver hair, which I find beautiful, I just can't do the one here, two there. I'm just not ready.
1: So you're looking at me and I'm like, I feel attacked. Because that's what's happening to me. The one there, two there, this little <laughs> patch in the corner. I hate it. I hate it. And so, in
0: addition to hair, I probably spend too much on skincare. Okay. You, you look at me like you don't do that. And you probably don't. Do I mean,
1: it. let's be honest. I, like, there's like a massive industry on that. We're probably not alone.
0: I hope we're not alone because they're really good at marketing to me. <laughs> I'm a sucker for good packaging. All right. What about you? Oh,
1: I don't know. You know, maybe clothing mm-hmm. because there was a time. No lie, like when I was at the beginning of my career, there used to be stores that I would walk by and be like, I can't shop there. That's too matronly. I know oh that God. that's not even supposed I, I to be. I want to
0: ask you what those stores are. Yeah. No, maybe I'm not going to. They don't do exist that.
1: anymore. Or maybe I shop there now and I'm horrified. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Clothing. You know, the thing is, like, I still see some of those stores and think that. Mm. So I don't know if I'm sort of like ignoring where I ought to be or just, you know, trying to avoid the reality. Okay. Let's see. Lashes. So I get lash extensions so I, I can, you I, know, have the fluttery, fluttery eyes.
0: I've been admiring those. <laughs> Wondering if I too should, but I'm an eye rubber. I don't know that I can, you know, I rub my eyes. I probably, that's kind of going to work That for would me. actually
1: not be worth the, the cost of that. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm. We're talking about this. We're doing all of this stuff. Are our male counterparts having this conversation?
0: I, I want to say I hope they are, but I doubt they
1: are as
0: often as women do. I mean, I feel like we
1: award the salt and pepper hair.
0: I'm, I'm trying to think of like actors right now who have that salt and pepper hair. And we think, Amazing.
1: I mean, don't we swoon over, like, the George Clooney and yes. whoever else. And and they're just amazing and great. And especially when they're in movies where their co-star is, like, 30 years younger than them. And we're supposed to believe that. And like, that happens a that lot, works. by All the way. All the time. It happens a lot. Where are the, like, mature, amazing, and phenomenal women, you know, having these lead roles? And, I don't know, having their young male partners.
0: Having a younger love interest. I know. All right. What are... Well, so... Let's talk about that some more. What are some of those?
1: Some of those movies? Yeah. Oh, good lord! I feel like it's so many of them. Well, there's uh, Lost in Translation.
0: I love that movie, and I, that's what I thought of when when you mentioned actors, because I think here's Bill Murray. So, if you've not seen Lost in Translation, tra- Lost in Translation. <laughs> God, I just got Lost in Translation there. But this is a movie. Yep. She and Bill Murray like meet up. They're staying at the same hotel. Her husband is away. He's a photographer. They're, they're in Tokyo. Right. So big energy.
1: But they're like peers. Like they're they're set up like they're yeah. equals. And they're like, that's the that's the relationship. And I'm going to contrast that okay. with, okay, so there's that movie. Then you have Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix. Yeah. Okay. First of all, bow down. She looked amazing in those looked movies. Looked amazing. It was great. And- I remember an article or an interview where she said, basically, the day she turned 40, she got offered a grandmother role. Oh my God, we're over 40. I know.
0: All right, Nadej, enough about the movie examples.
1: Let's talk about real life workplaces. Like the fact that there are surveys and studies that say our careers peak at 45. You mean that real world? I
0: know. That's like right now. I'm peaking.
1: I know. I've almost peaked. (laughs) I don't know. I think about that. And that seems crazy to me because it feels like not that long ago, I was looking at people like me. Well, we were
0: looking up to people.
1: We were asking for their time and their experience and wisdom. And we were like, we're going to be like them. We're going to be amazing. And here we are.
0: And now we're, we're there. Right. And we're at the peak, which means it's downhill from here. I I mean, I don't want to think that, but that's what gives me that image in my head.
1: Okay, but here's the thing. We okay. know it can't be downhill. No. Because those women that we were looking at, right. they're still crushing it.
0: We're still looking up to them. We're
1: still looking up to them. We still want their advice and we still need to know how to navigate the universe or the road ahead of us, right? Probably more so now. I think that's I think that's absolutely right. So it feels like instead of guessing, Yeah. I mean, our guest today, I think it's going to be the perfect person to have this conversation with us.
0: I can't wait for um, our conversation. When we get back, we'll be joined by Philomena Morse. Seder to get her candid wisdom.
1: Art in this present moment is an initiative of the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation that supports the work of BIPOC artists throughout Minnesota. Through their craft, these artists honor their communities and aim to challenge and change dominant narratives. Meet this year's artists and view their work in our digital art gallery at spmcf.org backslash art. Welcome back. We are so excited to welcome our guest. Philomena Morrissey Sater. Philomena, before we dive in with any guest, we ask everyone three quick questions. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Are you an early riser or a night owl? Okay. Totally a lark. Lark is my favorite time of the day. So <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Not me, but <laughs> mountains or the desert? Mountains for sure. Oh, that okay. was quick. Like yeah. In, yeah. Decisive. Okay. Yeah. Right. Soda. Or pop.
2: I don't drink either. So I would say I grew up with pop. All right. Okay.
1: All right. right. There we go. All
2: right. Well, we we received
0: your bio, Philomena, and we could spend the whole episode talking about all of your experiences in the Twin Cities. So much great stuff. But we're gonna highlight a few things for our listeners. You are a genuinely fun person. Thank you. <laughs> You were named the inaugural AARP Minnesota and Pollen 50 over 50 list. You've been involved with corporate diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts since way back when. Way back when. And you are currently Director of Diversity and Inclusion and Strategic Partnerships at Lando Lakes. Did did I get any of that wrong? You have it all right. (laughs) (laughs) So much fabulousness. All right. I'm going to get right into our conversation. So- piece of advice, Philmy, me, that I received earlier in my career from a female friend who at the time was over 60. Uh, she advised me not to stay in the same job or company too long, that women were treated differently for their loyalty, and that I may have a harder time later when trying to make a career move. And she was speaking to me from her own experience as someone who devoted nearly 25 years to an organization. She's been told that she didn't have enough different mm. experience has had trouble reinventing herself, something she did not see men having as much of a challenge with, even when they've only been in one job.
2: What gives? <laughs> yes, Philomena,
1: solve yeah, all
0: of our world, problems. Are,
2: We're going to talk about <laughs> world peace today, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so I'll speak from my own experience Please. first. I had worked in financial services for 29 years at the same organization. I had nine different roles while I was there. Yeah. Uh, And so I didn't have that experience myself, but I have seen that with others. Mm -hmm. But I think a piece of it is especially as a woman, how do I continue to build my network in my organization and outside of my organization? Yeah, and so whether that means you're on a community board or you volunteer or you're in a professional association, whatever, mm-hmm. so that you continue to build your network. So if you ever get to that point where you're like, hmm, I don't love what I do, where I do anymore, which happened to me. Yeah. Then at least I had like opportunities to talk with people and network and say, now I'm ready. Well, I know you have kids. Right. How did you do all that? It's hard. It is hard. Being really intentional. Mm, okay. Okay. And I had really good advice. I had a fabulous manager back in the day when our kids were little I was in grad school and working. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and what she said to me at that point in time when I was in her office, she's like, You look tired. And I was like, I am. And I just we just cried in her office. And she's like, okay. And in her kindest voice, she said to me, Philomena, when you say yes to something, yeah, you say no to something else. And that was like a powerful defining moment yeah. in my career because then I was like, I think especially as women, we have the tendency to say yes to everything.
0: Guilty. Yeah. Right?
2: Yes. And so then how do we better like differentiate what aligns with my values? What do I have to do when I have a choice? What do I choose to do? And that was really helpful for me just to be able to think about being more intentional.
0: That is awesome. And by the way, shout out to the managers who let yeah. us cry in their, yes. in the office with them. Right? Yes. That's yes. real. Sometimes you need a
2: good cry. <laughs> the Irish, I, my mom is from Ireland, so 100% Irish on both sides. We embrace crying. The Irish do. And so I always tell people that if you have to cry, you can cry with me. All right. <laughs> Got my crying buddy. Yeah, right,
1: exactly. So, you know, you talked about making moves at your first organization but I wonder sort of now later in your career, do you see that same pathway for making moves? Because I hear women, I've had this conversation with, with a friend who actually scoped out for me, well, I will be 56 in this many years and that'll be my window where I can be a leader and people will look at me and seriously consider me for this job. Like she literally had a like age bracket situation mapped mm-hmm. out. Do you see that? Have you heard that? Absolutely.
2: And Pahu and I served on the Aging Commission for the state of Minnesota. We did. Right? And we traveled the state and heard different stories and things like that.
0: Also got stuck in an airport. Yes. Trying
2: to get for to For many hours. Yes.
1: <laughs> and and never got to the location. Never did get yeah. to the
2: location. I think this is pre-Zoom. Yeah. Do you it remember was that? It was pre-Zoom. It was pre-Zoom. Yes. I do, you know I a lot of career workshops and many times i will have people asking me that same question like should i dye my hair do i have to wear a different outfit do you know what do, do i have to do things so i look younger feel younger and i say take a step back and when you're looking for opportunity, find organizations that value experience, mm. right? Because there's organizations you can go to where they value the uh, young, fast, and friendly, right? Like, that's it. You hit that wall. But what if instead you're like, hey, where where are organizations that really do value this? And that's where I'm going to spend my energy. How and- do you know, though? Is there big signs is we value? no. You have to do your research (laughs) and talk with people who work there, right? Yes. So when I was 28 years in my former role, Mm -hmm. then I was like, okay, I'm going to start networking. I'm going to start talking with people and I'm going to get insider information because if you're talking with a recruiter, will you get, will you be able to assess that or the hiring manager? Yeah. Maybe or not. But when you talk about culture, right, those are some questions to really learn more about. But the organizations that I was interviewing with, i try to find out who do I know who knows someone who might work there so I can validate that, right? Mm. Because if I pretend to be who I am and then I get hired based on my, that I'm not authentic, then what happens when I get into that organization, right? Yeah. Versus I'm like, hey, this is who I am. Take me for what, you know, my skills and abilities. Then if I don't get hired, then I don't get hired.
1: So, you know, thinking about this, I, that's really good advice to look for places that value experience. But I'm also thinking about this advice and Pahu and I chatted about this. Are our male colleagues worried about this? Are they, are they having these same conversations? I have had these same conversations
2: with men as well. Really? I have. Yes like how I've seen it, like being involved in this work, especially from a diversity perspective, Mm -hmm. there are so many dimensions of diversity where maybe we have made progress or there's been more attention to it. Age is not one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think people freely make disparaging comments, whether you're too young or you're too old, or what is the right age then? Yeah. (laughs) Right? And so I think the question is, like, how do we better... And this is what I talk about at Land Lakes. How do we better value age along the continuum? Mm. And how do we better understand, right, and appreciate that I may be different from you, but there are some things that experience or someone who's just starting have, right? And what if we work together versus against or have these stereotypes and bias that pull us apart? So if men are also having these conversations,
0: what are similarities between the conversations you're you're having or been having with women and the ones you're having with men? Like, what
2: are the similarities and differences? Okay, I think a big difference uh, from my experience is that women will ask for help, uh, and oh, so women talk about these things with each other, right, and share like what I what am I really feeling? Yeah. And for men that I've met with who have been in career transition and they're looking for something different. It takes a while to get to that place, right, where there is trust. or they feel like I can talk about these things because uh, they're much more guarded? Yeah. You know, that, that rings true to me. I can't remember, Phil, I mean,
0: if, if we heard this together when we were in a shift meeting or maybe we were part of that coalition, but I, I heard that women, we talk about these things eye to eye, like at a coffee shop right. with each other. And Deja and I are often at happy hours yeah. talking yeah. about these work yeah. things, but that men are shoulder to shoulder, right? That that they'll talk about it where, while they're fishing, while they're doing stuff. But that it's not an eye to eye kind of conversation, yeah, like
2: the way women have it. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I've even found that with our boys. Like I would have the best conversations when we were driving someplace when they didn't have to look at me <laughs> <laughs> or riding our bikes or hiking or whatever, right? I'm going to try that tonight
0: with my yeah. husband.
1: Just
2: like have
0: this like deep conversation
2: just, while we're in I the car. I thought that was like
1: middle school students. Yeah. I had the oh. best conversations oh. with my daughter or actually to be fair, the best overhearing of her conversations with her friends. In the car? (laughs) In the car. (laughs) They forget you're driving. Oh, exactly.
2: That's the best place to hear.
1: Yes. Not to get us, like, totally off track. But what I think is fascinating about you saying that this experience is is very much shared is I think that there's a perspective, or maybe I know I sometimes see it, where in certain um, roles you can see men grooming other men for like the kind of succession path. Right. And I can't say that I have seen that as clearly sort of woman to woman or a man to woman or, and how can we create those pipelines? Because they're really important, particularly at some of those key leadership levels.
2: They are. And I think what, what can be, and I love that you said that, because I think what can be powerful too is when we can have these cross cross gender relationships yes. right agreed. Because throughout my career, especially working in HR, mm-hmm. a lot of my mentors had been women. And when I was looking to transition, it was just a miracle because I had a male leader who stepped in and I just had been talking with like talking about my transition and what was really powerful about it is I do have positivity in my top five strengths <laughs> and I would try to put a positive spin on the you know the work conditions the yeah. relationship with my manager that was really struck I was struggling with and he's like cut the bull and and it was powerful for me because I was trying to put on this face right that uh, everything was okay oh. and it gave me the freedom to be like okay I don't have to pretend I, this is the reality that I'm in. And, you know, I don't know what I have gotten that same advice from a female leader. She wow. probably would have been super empathetic yeah. with me and understanding, but like, be real. Okay. Tell me what's really happening. I was like, Okay. But so I think that, that huh. it can be really helpful for us to think about as having a mentor or being a mentor to someone who is different from us, you know, whether yeah. that's culture, whether that's gender, mm-hmm. whatever the difference is, because we all have such perspectives that we can share with each other. That oh. is amazing.
1: Right. I'm like sitting with that a well, little bit. I, well,
0: you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, maybe I've not been that assertive with my like guidance of, of of people who come to me, young people who come to me now. Maybe I've just been overly empathetic. Not that that's not bad.
1: Right. No, it's necessary sometimes.
0: But maybe I need to kind of sometimes cut through that. Huh.
1: I have so many things rolling through my head right now. So my brain is well, trying to get them. Well,
0: I want to know what them. the, if, if positivity yeah. is like a top five, I want to know what the <laughs> other four are. So I'm not going to let us go beyond
2: that oh until we figure gosh. this part out. Okay. Strategic. Oh, yeah. I've got that one too. So I love to look into the future, right? Maximizer, so how do I, like, bring the most to what whatever situation I'm in. Positivity, arranger, so, oh, like, with all yeah. my friends, yeah. I plan, like, what's going on. Oh, yeah. And just to let you know that I alter, all my college friends and I turned 60, so you'll have to ask me about summer of 60 and now fall of 60. But I've been arranging things with that, and then uh, I never can remember the last one. I think okay. that was four. Mm. Thank you for sharing that.
1: I've got a,
0: I got like the arranger. I'm the arranger in my group.
1: know about you? Uh, sometimes. Not always. It's not always fun. Sometimes you yeah. don't want yeah. to be the arranger. I know. You want to just sit
2: back and have someone else plan. Right. Absolutely.
1: You know, I'm thinking about what you just said about mentoring or being mentored by, by someone different than you, but then also thinking about the reality that we still face large, you know, you work in diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, is that we still have a supremacist culture that we're still trying to break and unpack. Mm-hmm. And so have you ever found a challenge in mentoring someone or working with somebody who maybe isn't naturally aligned with that culture and feeling like you have conflicting advice to give them. Like, I want to say this, but I can see that if you do that, Mm. that will be the better path for you.
2: I think a piece of it is having that trust with the other person, having built that, right? Mm -hmm. Because once you have that trust with that other person, then you can more freely give that advice or, ask those powerful questions, maybe for them to be able to get at that point yeah. uh, versus telling, right? And especially certain personalities. I have a couple at my household. <laughs> 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 they don't like the telling. So I have to think about powerful questions that I can ask that might get them thinking about, right? I like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like what's an example? What's an example of a powerful question for our listeners? Like, I, that sounds right, Philomena, but what does that mean? what type
1: of like careers? Or- yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to come to you for some advice. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm looking at my career trajectory and I, I, I want to be a, I'm just making some stuff up. A, a CEO. Uh,
0: you do want to next, be a CEO though. You know. Nadej wants to be a CEO someday. <laughs> She's coming to you. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I'm coming to you. That's that's what I want to do. And you know, what are what are things that I can do in my current role that, you know, can help expand my skill set and you know, outside of my role.
2: Yeah. So I would probably start with why do you want to become a CEO? You know, like what's your why, right? So then once I better understand that, is it the leading? Is it the strategy? Is it whatever, whatever? Then digging deeper into what skills do you have right now? And then where might you need to develop? And can you develop in your current role? Or does it, maybe it's through a volunteer experience, right? Or maybe something outside of work that's going to be able to help you do that. Or is it additional education maybe,
1: or a certificate,
2: you know, like what is it that might help you kind of put that package together?
1: So have you ever, like now this is just me probing, you know, have you ever been in a position where you might be mentoring somebody and, you know, having those conversations and maybe going through that analysis and you perceive this might be the, the way you should do it, but, you know, you... Right. Me you're being as thoughtful as you are, right. you haven't told them. <laughs> You've asked all the guiding right, questions. Yeah. And they totally go like backwards and around the corner for <laughs> from where you were hoping to guide them. Have you ever sort of experienced that? And I'm curious, like, did it work out for them? Or did you feel like, oh, if you'd only done what I was hoping you would do?
2: But sometimes I think if someone does go around the block the other way, (laughs) then maybe that wasn't the right place to go, right? So because a lot of times you might think like my, I was a public and poli-sci major. I thought I wanted to have a amazing career in the government, mm. did an internship, one experience, bad internship, changed my whole trajectory. Now, what if that would have been an amazing experience? Would I be where yeah. I am today? I might have been on a totally different path. And so that's how I kind of look at it.
0: Well, I'm to go back to this topic that we were talking earlier yes. about finding organizations who value experience. Yes. How do we, as a, we, we hire yeah. at the foundation, yeah. What are the things that we should do as, a, as hiring managers at, at the places where we work? Our listeners are probably hiring managers. What are those things that we should be doing or doing better yeah. to make the workplace more, I don't know if accessible is the right word, but more welcoming? Of people with experience
2: well i think a piece of it is is looking at your position description or job description or whatever you call it yeah what are you looking for and do you unintentionally exclude by the language that's in there right like someone early in their career right Mm -hmm. or like so why couldn't someone who maybe had more experience you know apply for that so what does that look like Does the hiring manager have certain organizations that they only want to recruit from? Mm. Like what if you recruited more broadly and sent it out to different organizations where you're going to have more difference, right? So I think some of those sorts of things, I think really trying to make your hiring managers become more culturally competent, you know, of these different dimensions so they are not, you know, asking questions about that, right? Right. Uh, about things that they shouldn't be asking about rather than what are what does this person bring to the job? And on the flip side for the job seekers,
0: yeah. you know, who are 60 plus. Right. And you mentioned earlier about doing extracurricular activities outside of work yeah. to increase your network, but what else? Like, so I'm, let's say I'm 60 plus and I, I want to put my resume together. There's this job that I want. How can you help
2: me show up better? So I think a piece is that self-reflection first, right? Mm-hmm. Like what is it? is when I was looking to change, I was like, do I want to stay in what I'm doing? Do I want to go to nonprofit? Do I want to take a different path? Mm-hmm. So taking that moment, yeah, when you have it, you know, it's, it's probably different if you have a job versus you've been displaced, right? Because if you right. have a current job, you might have, you have the luxury, right? At least you have yeah. income coming in versus if you're unemployed. So that self-reflection to figure out what is it that I want to do? Where is it, like large, small, nonprofit, government, corporate, right? Some of those different things. And then who do I know? Who's in my network Yeah, that may know of people or put the word out, like, hey, I'm looking for work. So if you hear of anything, let me know. Or if, let's say that I'm interested and I know Pahua might know someone, mm-hmm. you could put in a, a word, like, hey, Philomena's applying for this job. Right. Often I think we forget to ask others to help. Yeah. And then I always say to people who are hesitant to that, if I asked you for help, what would you say? Well, yes, of course.
0: Well, <laughs> well it's you. Yeah. I mean, uh,
2: I mean, we never
0: say no to you. <laughs> but I
2: think the piece is often we want to help others. Yeah. But right. it, it is hard. more difficult for us to ask each other. And then I also think about like a great organization for people over 60, and Pahua, you mentioned it earlier, is the organization called Shift, yeah. Shift Online. And so it's focused on people in midlife and beyond. And don't define midlife. It, and, and then you have a community of people who have kind of similar experiences, You know, whether it's career, whether it's elder care, you know, whatever that is. But then um, they have some sh- shift circles on the weekend For people who are looking to just be able to provide more support to one another. Because what I will say is looking for a job in this time (laughs) is much different, right? Like back in the day, you filled out an application. You had an interview with HR. You met with hiring manager. Boom. Okay, when I was interviewing at one company, I had nine interviews And a psychological assessment. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, do you think you really are getting a much better candidate than the previous times? Yeah. (laughs) So for someone who maybe has worked at the same organization for a while, they may not know, like— okay, this might take longer. This process is different. What I put on my resume is different than 25 years ago, right? Or, you know, however long it's been. So I think kind of learning current practices is really important as well.
1: Speaking of resumes, so a piece of advice I've given a lot of people and have not been super diligent about lately is check your resume every year. Look at it, refresh it. You've probably picked up a skill or an activity or done something. And I think that's easy to see at the sort of beginning and beginning age-wise of your career because things maybe move a little faster, right? right? Those first few positions. But I think that's something we should continue to do sort of indefinitely. What do you think? I agree, because then it's not so hard.
2: (laughs) Because or else you're trying to remember, like, okay, what were the dates of that? And (laughs) What was the name of that organization? I think all of that I think that does make a difference and whether you have a bio, that's what I try to do is update my bio every year so I'm adding in new things. Or you have some kind of document where you can capture that. I think that's great advice. Yeah. That's what I don't do that, but maybe
1: well you I better won't get do on my it. I won't do
0: my LinkedIn because I, mean, I found out that when I did that it alarmed people. <laughs>
1: Send signals. I mean, you, there, there's like a little button you have to click that says like notify my network and you can unclick it and then I you can change things without that. freaking people out. Oh, okay. yeah, tip. Right, yeah. right. Or you notify them because you want them to know. Oh. Like you want to announce the, the big bold changes. You know, Philomena, like this conversation has, you know, really been great. And I think that our listeners are definitely appreciating some of your advice about what they can be doing, what they what they should be thinking about as they make transitions, frankly, if they're you know, in the 20s of their career or their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, or 70s. Okay. And I just want to give you a chance to kind of give a last word about how do you think when people think about careers and aging, and maybe especially women, because... Okay you know, here we are sitting at a table having this conversation. What's the last piece of advice you would give people as they think about aging in their career?
2: I think a lot of it has to do with your perspective, how I individually look at aging, right? So do I have a positive perception about that or not? Am I limiting Mm. myself or not, right? Mm. Like I'm 60 now, so I've got all these amazing ideas of what I want to (laughs) do in my future, right? but what if I don't look at aging positively for myself? Then my choices are probably going to be different. Mm -hmm. So I think that individual perspective is helpful, especially when we know societally there is not as much acceptance. And then I think with that then, especially for women, how do you build that support system to be able to help you accomplish what it is? And so whether that's work, whether that's volunteerism, whether, you know, whatever it is, because it's going to be different for everyone, but ultimately what gives you purpose and what fulfills your passion. And that's going to be different for everyone. Well, thank you, Philomena, for joining us today. Great conversation with you. Thank you for inviting me. That was a
1: fantastic conversation. Wow. Uh,
0: Again, one of these conversations we don't have enough
1: of. No, not at all. Like I just, you know, young, fast, and friendly, valuing experience. There's so many terms and things that I've put in my back pocket for future conversations with folks. Yeah,
0: the kind of mentors to look out for and look out for experience, employers.
1: It matters. And- I think that, you know, what we learned, and maybe we already kind of knew it, is, you know, we come at this as women. Yes. But the reality is, as, you know, Philomena mentioned, age is that factor that we kind of haven't figured out in a great way everywhere. Ageism cuts
0: across all the differences. So it is one of these that you know, I I, it was right of her to mention that men are also having these conversations.
1: It was absolutely right. And I don't love that we're all bonded by it, but the reality is we all age. So let's age positively and let's think positively.
0: Philomena's positivity into aging well.
1: I think that's that's how we should end it. We are just, from here on out, you and I, Pahua, we are going to age well. Age well. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You. You can find us on Facebook at I So Appreciate You Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at So Appreciate You.
0: We'd also appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review. And if you like our show, be sure to follow I So Appreciate You on Apple Podcasts spotify or wherever you're listening to us right now
1: have a question or a topic suggestion email us at podcast at spmcf.org thank you for listening to i so appreciate you